0: Hey guys, we're going to talk about PPP today. We're going to talk about loans. We're going to talk about grants and we're going to get into the nitty gritty and potential changes that could really impact your business. So good episode here. Go ahead and tune in. Just want to give a shout out to Float Helm. Of course, now's a great time to switch over to Float Helm and uh, you know, nobody's on your schedule. It's going to be an easy time for them to make a transfer and uh, you set up your schedule how you want it to. We, our currently we are not scheduling online for our clients it's all blocked off and so we're gonna figure out whether we're gonna redo um our schedules and and create larger gaps and block off tanks that kind of thing we're doing some remodeling anyway at our float center so no matter what we will be modifying it's just a matter of how and then float helm we can do that relatively easy you know it's all pretty accessible anyway go to floathelm.com check it out and let's get started Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers thrive, and we really do want you to thrive during this time. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um no way to make money unless you're kim hannon and doing a bunch of online sales it i guess technically is possible but really we're trying to survive based off of the loans that we can get and i am dylan I'm one of your co-hosts i own the float shop in portland oregon we have had uh we've been successful with the EIDL loan and with ppp
1: hi this is gloria from float 60 and we were successful uh And lucky to get PPP in the first round and an EDL advance so far, but we're still waiting on two advances and status of our loans.
2: This is Drew from New Hampshire Float, and I did receive some initial PPP funding, which was awesome. I also received some of that EIDL funding, but then also I was declined for an EIDL loan and have no clue how, why, or what, and... Scratching my head, so that's where I'm at.
3: And this is Kim Hannon, um, Southern Indiana. I uh, we we received a little bit of PPP, didn't apply for the EIDL, but we did apply for about five different grants, and um, so so far haven't heard anything on any of those.
0: I want to get started right out of the gate with the fact that uh, Drew did not get his EIDL loan. Um, I am curious, Gloria, you mentioned that you might have some information on this. You might be our resident expert tonight.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I've been spending nights up and, you know, just on Reddit and Facebook and just doing a lot of research on this. And um, yes, it's very possible that you get an EIDL advance in advance of them approving or denying your loan, right? So if you were, in a certain range of people, and there's like an application number group that um, applied on a certain date. They processed your advance, and then you know, whenever they did the rest of their diligence later, you were declined for the loan. You probably just found out today, but it was probably a month ago, from what I understand. So, for those people who did not get their advance yet, unfortunately for them, their application is being reviewed at the same time, and so they may not get it at all because the advance is really kind of a good faith advance that you will be qualified. And then if you're not qualified, they eat it. It's an advance anyway, you don't have to pay it back. So it's not like, but they take a chance and, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of people that applied on like the very first couple of days that aren't going to make it.
2: So I did receive the EIDL advance and i have I guess my question would be, can they take that back, but also I got declined, and it said I hadn't reached the financial hardship, and I'm not sure how they come up with that you know i so it was real confusing, and I guess if I don't have to pay back the money that they did advance me, then I'm actually pretty good if i if I open up here in the next couple of weeks i I'm all set, so I don't really care, but it is kind of confusing how this all works. Like, none of it makes sense to me.
1: It is a a very hard uh, program to kind of grasp because there's so many components. But to answer your question, I do not believe you need to pay that back, right? Because you applied early enough to where they uh, were kind of going through this phase where they did a different process of the approval. And some of them just wanted to get the advances out the door. If you remember, one of the requirements of the EDL was that you applied and you were supposed to get your money within three days. So that first run of people, some of them got their money quickly at the expense of the rest of the process. So their credit wasn't checked, their you know business wasn't evaluated, they got that money in advance and now they're not getting the loan. So you can definitely get the advance and not get the loan. I've seen that a ton of times, but you do not have to pay that back. It's just kind of on them. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people who don't even get that advance because they kind of figured stuff out early on, and then people have just been waiting. Like, I've got three businesses. I've only received one grant.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And I did them back-to-back.
0: You do have to apply individually for each one of them? That's how you have your structure? Got it. Yes. Um, and, And maybe I should clarify. I don't know if anybody's hanging on my every word, but... It sounds like um, my 10K was the advance portion, so there mm-hmm. is still the loan part where we might want to take out more. But um, yeah, we're not we're not there yet. But but we do get the 10K that we get to keep basically.
1: Well, if later on we talk about the process, I can tell you what happens next.
0: Why not right now? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck's gonna happen next?
1: So after you get your advance, and they do your credit check, or sometimes those happen at the same time, you will get denied or approved. And Drew, you said yours was for what reason? I don't know if you clarified that.
2: I did not. I'll pull You're it up. It, it just up. said I didn't meet the um, economic hardship. I didn't Impact, economic hardship. Hardship. Yeah. hardship.
1: So on that note, I think they evaluate different parts of the country and then look at your financial uh-huh. system to see you know would this loan make a material difference in your you know your area um, I don't know how they do it I think that's very hard because everybody's been closed I mean how do you right. use that as an excuse so right. I would right. ask for more clarification on that but once you get the advance you get if you're approved you get an email that's a link to a portal. And inside this portal it gives you a loan amount so it's up to 150,000 you know they capped it that was another change and you verify your identity there's one other question set and then at the the end you either accept or reduce the amount so one word of warning i've seen a ton of people today post about reducing the amount and then getting the offer remaked. oh really or declined after. Yeah. I don't understand the best it. Best that would
0: be see how much you can get and then go based off that. Like then Yeah. You, oh. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah.
1: Crazy stuff, right? So
0: fair enough. Wild times. <laughs> I mean, this is why I'm I'm uh have my shoulders and my ears all the time <laughs> these days. I mean, one is not leaving the house. The other yeah. is just like not not understanding what's happening to the, our business or why we're not being taken care of better. Like I just cannot, I I know I harp on this every week, but the fact that we're asked to make the sacrifice and then we're not being taken care of in any way. No, I'm sorry. Not, not in any way. Obviously there is, it is happening, but it just stresses me out. Not, not what I would hope for.
1: Well, on the side of hope, Mm -hmm, please, we've talked about kind of, you know, the negative and I've seen a ton (laughs) of people over the last couple days get declined. So Mm. my theory is that they're becoming more stringent, you know, now Mm. that there's a fixed amount of money, but, um, for the people that did get approved, I've seen posts of joy. There is hope, right. Right, And there definitely is a methodology that is, you know, clear. If you're tracking all of this day to day, like a psycho, like me, um, it's, it is a process that you can almost kind of, you know, track within days that you'll get it based on your application number, what part of the country you're in. So. People are getting it. I saw tons of posts today. They were very happy and relieved, and um, it's it's a beautiful thing to see, right? Everybody's cheering each other on.
0: Yeah, for sure. If it, okay. <laughs> if it works, yeah, yeah, totally, of course. Um, and
1: showing support when when they don't. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah.
3: I think there's also a little bit of the opposite happening too, where people have received some funding. But now they're, they feel trapped because there's so many stipulations about how to use it. And, you know, a lot of places, uh, if they did receive the PPP, you have to use those funds within eight weeks of the receipt. And they're at the point where they're not opening and have no idea when they're going to open And having those funds sitting there, you know, if you bring your employees back, you have nothing for them to do because you're still closed. But if you don't bring them back, you can't pay them the payroll. They're making more money on unemployment right now anyway. And if you don't bring them back, though, you have to pay that money back. And so it's that catch-22. So it's a...
0: Kim, you just nailed uh, it on the head. That's exactly where I think so many businesses are right now, including the shop.
3: Yeah, it's hard. And, you know, I'm thankful that we've reopened. We were closed just under 60 days. Um And, you know, ours was, we got the bare minimum, really. We got like exactly what we needed for payroll. Mm. Um And, you know, we got just a little bit extra that helped us to cover some rent. But um we didn't get much and it's funny because it there were so many times when I was like, Well we should be doing more. Like maybe I should apply for the EIDL, maybe mm-hmm. I need to do this and then hearing some of the stories of like, mm-hmm. oh, you have to do all this, um, it kind of backfired, you know. I and I do want to clarify one of the, the big pieces of concern that came out last week for a lot of folks was the fact that you have to um like Drew was saying prove some sort of an economic hardship that you needed that loan. PPP um, has actually clarified, the SBA has clarified what that means. For most of us, if your revenues are under $2 million, it's basically a good faith certification. You're good to go. Um, If you have more than $2 million in revenue, though, be prepared to prove that you really desperately needed that money. Otherwise, you could face fraud charges, which is just, boom, like mind-blowing that mm. this assistance program is suddenly gonna come back and like, right. get you in the biggest way possible. Totally. Mm.
1: Is it crazy mm. for me not to believe that they could actually do that? Like, I, I, I am...
0: It has to be pretty flagrant.
1: Right. Right. I mean, things happen so fast. I think reasonable measures are going to be taken, but there are a lot of people, you know, that's another part of the EIDL um, delay, that there were so many people who applied that were not legitimate businesses. They were literally made up or um they talk about a lot of and i have nothing negative to say about this profession but you know people who are like youtubers and people who have a difficult time quantifying themselves from a business standpoint and being Podcasters, legitimate
0: uh. yeah
1: they i know <laughs> scumbags of the earth right? <laughs> the
0: right no no greater hive of scum and villainy yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I guess there was like this just cluster of people it was like a viral spread like get on the application site now it, it crashed for many days, as we know, but I think they kind of put this new, like, rigor in the system that slowed everything down. I mean, they're only on applications from the short form as of 3.31 today. Really? There are some exceptions. We could talk about those later, but that's the batch of application numbers wow. they're getting through today. Okay. Yeah. Crazy, right?
0: Yep. That really is. That does... That helps put it in perspective a little bit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I have to think that a lot of those stipulations were kind of thrown in and it, it felt horrible to hear them after the fact, but it was because so many of the big dogs, so many mm-hmm. of the franchisees and, and all of that were, you know, applying for the, the assistance for quote, small businesses. So yeah. I feel like on one hand they were trying to backtrack and say, Oh, we messed up. Let's put some more stipulations in place. But in doing that, it still hurt the little guys again.
0: Mm. Yeah. I would agree that is what it seems
3: like. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> so Drew, uh, what are you going to yeah.
3: do now? Yeah. You don't have the EIDL. Are you, do you, are you going on for grants? Is there something local that you can do? I know a lot of local like Chamber of Commerce or you know business uh, helpers that are out there are putting forth some grants and things like that. Do you have any options like that?
2: I do not know if I do. I'm sure there are. But I am, um, instead, I'm going to uh, roll up my sleeves and start getting to work. So I opened up recently to just my members. So that alone is a huge relief because I definitely have enough members that, like, that'll pay my bills. Nice. So, um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my members are awesome, but I was starting to get some emails, like, hey we paid for one month (laughs) what's going on now because to me you're important and i can't use you so the members at least are being taken care of i'm not sure when i'll open to the general public but i'm open to the members right now and i'm trying to get in as many floats as i can i'm only open four days a week Mm. and at this point i really don't want to i'm hoping that i avoided taking out any huge loans And I got close to like $20,000 worth of help. It's That's great. It's not what I would have made if I was open. I would have made a lot more than that if I had been open the last two months. But, um, but I'll take it. And now I'm hoping to just slowly start increasing opening and getting more floats in. And while I'm there, at least the last, um, this was my first week being open, um, people were calling. Hey, I'd like to book a float. And so there's still interest there. I'm very happy and pleased and hopeful about that. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I don't have, um, my brain isn't good with trying to get these, figure out all these loans or where to go with them. Or like, I can't spend my day filling out all these different applications. I'm not good with that. I have ADD. I get very frustrated very quickly. And so I'm just focusing my energy on you know, rekindling my relationships with my members and getting them into float.
3: I'm with you. Like that's a, a full-time job of its own, just tracking down grants and different programs and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I spent some time doing that just to share with some other folks I applied for some of them, but then I I think I've definitely reached that point where, and especially now that we're open again, um, I, I don't need it. We're going to bounce back, you know, we're a week and a half open right now and Drew, exactly. It's funny because we didn't necessarily open just to members. We told members first and gave them a heads up, mm. you know, before we announced it to everybody else. Um, but our first uh, almost, honestly, almost the, the entire schedule has been probably 80% members and repeat guests. Um, and then we've had just in the past couple of days, we had our first you know, new person coming in on Friday last week. Hmm. We opened on Monday. Um, and then uh, we had a couple over the weekend but it's been the majority have been members and we've had folks who've come in in tears thank god you're open Mm -hmm. you know folks who've come in and just said that you know they have not left their houses and that we were the first place that they've gone wow Um, and that's awesome we are the the only they feel yeah Yeah. it's the only place that they feel safe Safe.
1: going that's beautiful that's great yeah it
2: was So if I can add to that, that is exactly the feedback that I've been getting from people as well, that they're very excited, they feel safe coming in, nice. um, couldn't believe that we were closed to begin with, and felt oh, we yeah. should have been open.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, to hear the feedback from so far, everyone, and there's a lot of common themes, um, even up here in New Hampshire, there's there seem to be common themes with people who come in who are like, ah, the government, conspiracy, all that type of thing. Right. but. They still want the choice to be able to come in or not. They think all of my customers that have come in have mentioned something about I should be able to choose to come into your place or not. And they are coming in and they are saying, My back, my stress, everyone's going through something. So some people are still willing to come and float. And that was awesome. It was very uplifting. It was very hopeful. It was very cool to hear those things, Kim. Like you were saying, I needed that, my back, whatever, for whatever reason. It was awesome.
3: Yeah, it's it's truly like reopening again and watching people after their first float to see that drastic before and after, you know. And we've had folks who've come in and said, like, they've asked us who to write to, who to petition, so that that never happens again because we never should have been closed. And, you know, part of it was our choice. We closed early because mm-hmm. we wanted to do our part in stopping the spread. Um, you know, it's just that, that fine balance. But I'm telling you, like, the reopening is – it. It felt like opening again for the first time. You know, there was so much work that we were doing, (laughs) you know, to make sure we had our processes and our protocols and everything was documented. We knew what we were doing and how's this going to run and what's different. And, you know, getting the staff trained, like it really did feel like opening again for the first time, which still is a little fresh in my mind because we're, uh, we just passed like our 18 month anniversary um, while we were closed. But Mm. it's a, a whole new kind of an energy Um, And it's been really nice for us. Like, on one hand, we we pulled our tea service and, you know, we pulled a few, uh, like, of our amenities and things like that that we really pride ourselves in um, so that folks aren't lingering as long. Um, But what we found, because we added some extra buffer time in between all of the appointments, is that we have more time to really connect and talk to people. Hmm. And that's what people really want and need right Hmm. now. And so while we're standing in opposite ends of the room, and even if we have our masks on, there's just <laughs> this genuine sense of gratitude for each other. Um, and it's just been really awesome. You know, It's been really awesome to have that connection and to have that time. We're not rushing, we're not running back to hurry up and clean for the next round. Um, right. We have enough of a window that we can easily get through all of our new protocols and still be able to connect with people mm-hmm. because we don't want them to feel like they're a nuisance or that we can't you know that they just have to run up the door Mm -hmm. um so that was you know really intentional um on our part of scheduling a little extra time even more than what we need we put extra in there just so we could check on people
0: wow all right (laughs) that's good to hear i mean i just love hearing you guys talk about people loving coming in like and and i was actually going to say the exact same thing of what one of your clients has said is i think we do need to figure out how to talk to our governments in the future because once the dust settled i really felt like we have some really damn good precautions right at least a lot of us do Mm -hmm. and um are way safer than a lot of the other businesses that a were able to stay open but b just like the you know as they they're staging things out for reopening it's just like really like this is the same as um, i won't get into other businesses but we all know that we take really good care of our people and you're going somewhere to be isolated. I mean, there are just so many things or just slight variations we could make to our business to really ensure, not ensure, I never want to say, you know, hundred percent, but to, it's, it's just such a dramatically different place than going to Home Depot, you know?
1: Absolutely. You know, I had a um, real challenge this past week, uh, planning our reopening for Northwest Indiana because One thing we didn't really talk about too much is the PPP, uh, you know, requirements to pay back within a certain amount of time and the conflict with unemployment. So when your employees are on unemployment and they're making way more money than they are working for you, I was very sensitive to that um, with them. And I'm trying to find a way to balance, you know, letting them work enough hours part time to keep getting that benefit um so i wasn't prepared for the scheduling challenge that i had on the employee side um and for me that's terrifying because i work full-time there i can't go to the float center and work i work a full-time job like busier than ever i can't do it so i was like wow well what if i can't find anybody to come back i was already talking to my kids about hey you're gonna <laughs> work for mom for free for a while yeah, that's and great. but the way that i've done it and i'm curious to see how you guys are rolling this out, I opened one shift a day. So instead of having three shifts, we've got one shift a day and it's like a 10 hour window and each employee is going to work one shift a week until we kind of figure out what that threshold is for them. This is probably all illegal that I'm like trying to work the system, right? But I mean, (laughs) I'm trying to do two things really. I'm not working the system for us. I'm trying to make sure they're okay. And give everybody equity in terms of time on the schedule, you know? So it's been a real challenge trying to figure out who's covering and just this whole PPP thing. Because one thing I did hear and I don't know if you mentioned this, Kim, when I had to drop off for a second, but that threshold of money you have to pay back, they're talking about changing that, right? So you're supposed to pay 75% of... 75% 75% of the funds go towards payroll, and the rest goes towards rent and utilities. That has to happen within eight weeks from when you got the funds, right? Well, we've already been closed eight weeks, so there's no way we're ever going to make it. So they're talking about changing that to 24 weeks and changing the threshold from 75% to 50%. You're kidding me. Yeah. When, wow.
0: This is hot off the presses this for me, is, Gloria. I've uh, never yeah. heard this.
1: There's like this... this Reddit, I follow. Um, there's a lot of stuff on Reddit. Like I'm on Reddit all night. I cannot sleep. Right? I used to sleep Unless like a baby. It's not an
0: our conspiracy. <laughs> it's like a legit. Yeah.
1: But no, there's there's some really uh, knowledgeable people, and I'm kind of fact checking. Right? Were they right about this? Were they right about okay. that? So I'm trusting huh. certain uh, figureheads, action figures, and you know, I I knew that this was being talked about, but that's a big deal for an employer that took PPP that's a huge difference what
0: you were describing is a lot of what we're talking about doing as well like you're like a a window into our future so that's actually really nice to hear Uh, aside from the stress of scheduling of course (laughs) um which I already find to be a pain in the butt so uh wow if it 50% would be a game changer
1: it would yes for sure
0: some like you said our employees don't want to like like you said like Kim said there's not a lot to do Right. And like what you said, like they're making more money already. A like,
1: lot more, a lot more money. Just think about it. Like somebody can qualify working part time and get a full six hundred dollars per week, and they're talking about extending that till the next till next, till next year.
0: Till next year. Till next
1: year. Yeah.
0: Wow. It's
1: right now. It's through August. But my daughter just applied for unemployment, and she's a, she's a waitress. She just graduated from oh, wow. college she's getting like 700 bucks a week. I'm like, what the, <laughs> are you kidding me right now?
3: So these guys kids... And on one hand, I'm so glad that people are getting the help they need. Me too. On the yeah. other hand, this program is also going to make it really hard for small businesses to come back and for people to go back to work. You know, I've sure. I, I really talked to a couple of float center owners who have said that they're not bringing their staff back yet, that they're, the owners are going in and doing the work wow. because- you know it's going to be slow as we reopen, um, and just by nature of having to spread the schedule a little bit more, I will say that we've been eighty to a hundred percent every single day. Um, so nice. folks are coming back, and the appointments are That's still rolling very encouraging and you know, consistent yep. consistently. But but with that, you know it's it's us. We do have our part time employee coming in one day a week, um, but even that it's uh, trying to figure out what the right answer is, and if that. If the PPP is changing, that really does help a lot um, to ease some of those concerns about how quickly you have to be able to pay back. My bank just sent me the um, loan forgiveness application today and said, start gathering your stuff. It's coming up quick, you know, so um, you You might just be one of those early ones who has to, uh, you know, get all of that in before all of the changes go into effect. We'll see.
1: Right.
0: Uh, Gloria, when you find out, You slide into my DMs right away. (laughs) All right. Yeah,
1: hot off the press, Drew. Art of the floats, got breaking news. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure the next course, I mean, we're supposed to hear something on the guidance for PPP soon anyway. And um, I also heard, and certainly not being political, but uh, yesterday Trump was at a a big uh, panel for restaurant owners, and they brought up this concern, and I heard, I didn't see it, I heard that he Dismissed it, basically saying, "You guys are going to bounce back stronger than ever. You don't need, you know, almost like you don't need that." But um, he didn't take it as um, seriously as one would have expected hearing from that that industry. So who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be interesting to see if that rumor really comes true. But it's it's so crazy the way it is. It does not work.
0: So in that same vein, my dad owns a bar and um, he was just telling me that he isn't opening because with the capacity that they have, it's not worth opening. And they have some, uh, I don't know what you call them, those, lotto machines, I don't know, those gambling machines, and those make a lot of money. And he's like, it's not, it, there's just no way to do the math and make it work other than having them like come in and spread those machines out. You know, um,
1: I've heard the same. With,
0: with booze sales. I mean, you're what talking is? about uh, restaurants. Those are such a fine margin anyways for profitability. I. Uh,
3: you know, what's crazy scary. is locally, our you would never know anything's going on because all of our restaurants just opened last week, mm. and they're supposed to be no more than 50% capacity. Uh-oh. They are packed, people everywhere. Some restaurants are, are abiding by it, and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing it. But driving through some of our downtown areas, you would never know because it is just completely packed and that's there are
0: oh. going to be people paying the price with their lives for that mm-hmm. and it's not a lot of the people that are going to the restaurants and the bars it's going to be mm-hmm. people who have vulnerabilities but the price is lives but at the same time as a business owner I get the feeling of like either I go out of business or I, I have to open and especially if you're seeing other businesses do it and if, if the government's A. not taking care of you and B. not enforcing it then I mean it's going to happen, right? Like, it's just going to happen. I, I'm yeah, glad we I don't have that's to do part, like that. Sorry, Drew, go ahead.
2: That, I think that's part of what everybody is going to face eventually is as this continues, you see your neighbors opening mm-hmm. up and you see certain people doing things and you think, well, my business, I could I could keep it, you know, safer than that. Right. Relatively speaking. Right. <laughs> so, then where's your line where when do you when do you say enough's enough i have to open too right or enough's enough i i feel confident in what i'm doing compared to the home depot the walmart the vape store and at a certain point people are going to have to start deciding like well i need the vape store yeah right don't get me about, I, I i hate the vape store right <laughs> so you have to figure out like what, what your line is and people are starting i'm starting to hear locally in the news Um, owners of businesses that have had it for 25, 30 years saying I have put everything into this. What am I going to do? Go get a nine to five job. If I don't have my business, I have nothing. So let me take the chance with it because I might as well be dead. Like people are saying this on the news. That's depressing. Right? Well, but then I don't know what that's like to have owned a a business for 30 years and you're on the verge of losing it. And then what are you going to do? If you've been that business owner for 30 years, You're going to go be a line cook? Not that there's anything wrong, but like, I don't know how that works mentally, right? Is that what you have to live for? I don't know. But for me, the last four years, I kind of get it that I've been putting myself and sacrificing everything and I've missed weddings and parties and I've grown distant with relationships because I've put everything into my business and I'm watching these other businesses open up and some even thrive. And I could literally, at certain points over the last few weeks, go and get an, a, a job at uh, Walmart or Home Depot, but I can't open my business. Like, I have major problems with that. It's hard. That's hard to, to swallow.
3: Yeah. I've seen some, you know, local and um, kind of regional yoga studios have been closing restaurants, retail shops, like closing permanently. So and, sad. and that's that's hard to So see, sad. You know?
0: Yep. Year one just closed down. They announced today. I know that's a little bit different because they were already going through bankruptcy, but they planned Penny on I think, doing half. Oh, really? JCPenney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of the some of the big dogs are are going down. Um, yeah. This is definitely going to be shedding shedding some businesses. I I am curious. What do you guys think about the economy going forward? How? I mean, so we we opened the float shop in a recession, and we we managed to get through there. But again, it was such a stripped down operation at the time. It's different than the robust float shop that it is today. Um, do you think... I mean, I mean, if people are getting their $607 checks every week... That, I, I that. Was just part say that. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. young people walking around with, people yep.
1: with more money than they've ever made yep. in oh, a month. Interesting, yeah. right. Uh, like, yep. I'm. You have to understand, I've got a 22-year-old and a 19-year-old, so I'm seeing a very young population with a lot of uh-huh. money in their pocket. They don't even know what to do with it. So that could be very good, right? I I think that if we, as an industry, could really, really hone in and quantify the value of floating Mm -hmm. in this time of extreme stress, like managing Mm -hmm. those messages together, we will be busier than we could ever imagine Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we are legitimately the best, hands down, modality to Address what we are dealing with, and that's stress, anxiety, you know, just right. a lack of, yeah, fear. Um, it, it's it's truly our time, but I think it hmm. might take a while because people right away might not want to be alone for a while, right? right? Totally. But they've been with what their spouses. Say, as a parent? Yeah,
3: I was going to say, a little
0: time away sounds just fine to me. Yeah, We've had a
3: lot of parents in lately, a
1: lot, (laughs) (laughs) like
3: beating down our doors.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I I, I think it's going to be tough on the economic side, but I think Mm -hmm. the short term, we might see a little uh, influx of people who don't have jobs and have money in their pocket. They have plenty of time to try floating. That's my optimistic outlook mm-hmm. for the industry.
2: Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think we're in a good spot. And having seen people come through and float, and hearing that feedback, people who have been quarantined and s- isolation are different. Yes. Right. You're right. Um, the, the person who uh, is single and or lives in an apartment and his roommate is staying with the girlfriend during oh, right. the quarantine, that person's isolated and lonely may not want to go sit in a float tank, mm-hmm. but the person who is quarantined with the family and there's a million things going on in that house all day long, um, my neighbors, they're working 10 hours a day while trying to school, homeschool their Jeez. kids. And then, you know, they, I like all of a sudden they're out doing yard work for 10 hours a day <laughs> and I trying to get away from the kids. But they're, I think we're in a great position to be able to offer that relief and that I don't know if I'm going to, going forward, use the word isolation as much, but it's definitely, I think, uh, hearing the feedback from people who've already come in, I think we're in a great spot to be able to hit some of the key keywords and get to people to say, hey, this is a great option for you. Especially if you've already been open, and um, I think opening, Dylan, I've never done that, and I do think it's possible to do that. I think there's a lot of great information for us, but without having to, to get in there with somebody and to be able to kind of socially distance floating, right? You don't have to touch the person. Right. Really, you could potentially not even go in the room with the person, mm-hmm. I think, most float centers. So we're in a great spot to say, hey, I can get nowhere near this person. They can go in and float and leave. So if this drags out for 18 months, 24 months, right. because it could, <laughs> and it could pop back up, right? That's what they're saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, right. But um, certain things, the touching, Things, the closeness, yes. those are going to have trouble. Yes. Right. The floating, if you can set that up in your facility, so you have minimal contact, they're touching minimal things, you're not sharing a lot of stuff, you have plenty of time to clean. I think we're in a great spot. If you can make the numbers work for
0: the business, right, right, right. and I, I would, I do agree with you on that, Drew. Uh, especially now, knowing what we know now, I, I definitely agree with you. I think we all made the right choice to close our float centers for the for the greater good. Um, but yeah, going forward, it would be nice to have a little bit more specificity to the businesses that, um, maybe keep their clients safe and are, and, and it's funny cause I'm not going to make the argument that we're essential, but at the same, because yeah, but at the same time, if it was a spectrum, I'd say we we're a lot closer to essential than some luxury goods, you know? So, yeah. Um, can I ask, do you guys use the word therapy when you describe it?
2: Do you say float therapy?
3: Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I mix yeah. it, but sometimes okay. it's just floating. A lot of times, it's float therapy. Yeah. You know, or this, this is a powerful modality. What do you yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I've been using that word therapy a lot. I've been trying to. When I talk to people, I say, "Oh, what do you do? I do flotation therapy. Right. Have you Have you heard of that? And I do. I know of at least one doctor. I've never met him, but he prescribes it to people. Wow. So. I feel like I could have an argument of it being a medical you know, and I don't know how that works, but again, floating is such a unique thing it's really hard to talk to people who make decisions about this industry when they really don't understand it right. it's right. it's a challenge for
1: sure absolutely yeah, well, I'm inspired by your stories because I'm opening Thursday, and um I'm very oh. happy, but just the one location, the other three. You know, there's no, I, I really have no idea. Okay. Um, I mean, I have some idea. I think it's going to be maybe the second week of June, but I, who knows? So, um, yeah, I'm excited to get people going again and just, I, I feel like it's such a waste to have our centers just sitting there and empty and there's just so many people that I look forward to hearing from again yeah, that are totally. being helped. Yeah. So. That's great.
0: I want to put a fork in this episode. This has been really interesting, and I love uh, talking about these loans and where we're going in the future. Oh, my gosh. Gloria, I seriously, I want to know as soon as... If, if my phone isn't already blowing up with if there's a change to how this PPP stuff works, um, I want, I want you to <laughs> be messaging. And then, of course, out of the float, we'll put, put a message out. Oh, my goodness. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. I really appreciate you guys so much I'm talking to Drew, Gloria, and Kim. And I'm also talking to you, talking to you, our listener. Thank you so much for joining us here as we all make this journey through this incredible, unprecedented time. Absolutely wild. Thanks to everybody who supported us on Patreon during this incredible time. Um, in case I haven't mentioned it, or in case you're not aware, we lowered all the tiers um, there are $50, 40 $30 tiers. Everything's down to $15. If you sign up for 15 you get the video, you get the athletic photo shoots, you just get everything. Um, we don't want to be charging you an arm and a leg during this time, um, but we still want the content out there. So uh, you want, we want you to be able to market your business. So that's available. Uh, on Patreon and beyond that, gosh, um, thanks so much to Floataway for supporting the show. Uh, for anybody who is already with Floataway, um, you probably got an email from them. They're talking about uh, their best practices for maintaining their float tanks, which is, I think, pretty awesome. They also mentioned Justin Fine, Feinti- excuse me, Justin Feinstein's video. Uh, his TEDx talk, his TEDx Salem talk, is now out. I just noticed. I think it was around a little over four, maybe four and a half thousand views, which is solid. But uh, we can get that way higher than that. I've seen other TEDx's be double that within a week. Um, so keep sharing that, especially as you're reopening, getting that out there in your newsletters, all of that stuff. Let's educate our people on the incredible power of floating. And there's not a whole lot of greater resources than Dr. Feinstein's research and his good orator, too. I mean, he can talk about it really well. <laughs> Although I will rass him for just a moment with uh, Kim's comment, which is we could... <laughs> Help him with his slideshow just a little bit. He could have some help with his slides.
3: Um, There was just one little spot. Overall, they were great. Just one little spot that was a bad slide. You
0: know, my whole thing to him, I said, your your speech was great. I think you could just do it without slides altogether. Like, you've got a good good voice and everything. But when I saw it on video, I was like, you know what? This does work with some slides. I think it's just fine. But maybe they could be a little better. Um, You know,
3: I think we should ask him to do, like, a guided meditation. Because whenever I shared that video on my page... So many people commented about his voice. Oh,
1: nice. That's awesome. About how soothing and comforting it was. And I was I like, that. yes. Maybe that's part of why we all love him. <laughs> right. Yeah. He puts the sexy in science, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Soul tree.
0: Uh, www.sloadaway.com yes. <laughs> is you want to go. <laughs> Put that sexy back in science. All right. Um, back in. When did it ever leave, Gloria? Are you kidding me? Science is hot. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Unless you're talking about endothermic reactions. Am I right? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Dylan. Oh, Oh, goodness. When you add your salt into the float tank and it starts to get super cold. Cold. Okay. Was that not hot talk right there? Anyways, uh, thank you guys so much. hot. (laughs) As always, be careful about what you're putting out there with your social media, with the the verbiage that you're using. We are not 100% perfectly safe. We are a good option, but be really careful about what you're putting out there. We love you guys so much. We'll see you soon. Mahalo. Huh? hmm